Welcome to Peer to Peer, the podcast, brought to you by Rainer. Listen in as we hear from top surgeons having great conversations with their peers about hot and popular topics in ophthalmology. In this episode of Peer to Peer, the podcast, Dr. Neo Tapala, Chief Scientific Officer at ICHOM, meets with Dr. Moore Dickman, co-chair of the ESCRS Registries Committee and a member of the Digital Health Special Interest Group, to dive into the importance of patient-reported outcomes and the technologies that foster them to the ophthalmic industry. Welcome both, and thank you for joining us for this Peer to Peer podcast episode. Thank you for the invitation. Indeed. Could you first please introduce yourselves and tell us a bit more about where you work? Um, my name is Neo Tapela. I am Chief Scientific Officer at ICHOM, which is an international consortium for health outcomes measurement. We are an international nonprofit, and our mission is to drive health system transformation so that healthcare delivers results that matter to patients. And we do this through developing global standards of how to measure outcomes and working with multiple partners, um, including with Moore and his organization, um, in driving use of those measurements um, by patients, by clinicians, by payers, by policymakers to change healthcare. And my name is Mark Dickman. I'm an associate professor of ophthalmology at the University of Maastricht in the Netherlands. Uh, and I'm also co-chair of the ECRS Registries Committee, which is one of the largest IT projects in ophthalmology. Uh, and I'm also a member of the ECRS Digital Health Special Interest Group. So thank you for the invitation. So maybe we could start by discussing the importance of PROMS. Neo? PROMS, patient report outcome measures, are important because they provide information that really um, is reported by patients without interpretation from clinicians or anyone else on the health status of patients. Um, they are valuable tools to really give a sense of the impact of treatment and disease on day-to-day -day living. And that information can be very valuable in assessing effectiveness, safety, and tolerability from a patient's perspective. And what patient report outcomes add to the traditional ways of collecting results and assessing healthcare is not just looking at survival, is not looking at processes of care, is not just looking at tests or imaging, but really looking at as a result of treatment, can a person go back to the function um, and the day-to-day -day living that they had before they had the illness? Um, and an example in the context of cataracts, for example, patient reported outcomes include, can the patient see as a result of treatment? Can they do their day-to-day -day, such as driving and reading? So what patient reported outcomes provide is additional data points that are patient-centered, results-oriented, and really can provide insights that help improve care and make sure that care that's delivered provides results that are important to patients. And more? I think PROMS put data in context. They, they provide us additional means to capture both the, the personal and societal context. And I think it can be sometimes confusing when we're talking about PROMS because it's a bit of an umbrella term because it's either covers a single dimension or multi-dimensions of, for example, uh, symptoms that Neo mentioned, health-related quality of life, health status, patient satisfaction with treatment, etc. All of them with the emphasis placed upon the patient's judgment. 
So it's another piece of the puzzle that helps us put the other types of data that we're collecting in context. And I think the context is very important. And so what can we learn from all this data? So um, using patient product outcome measures can be used it, uh, by patients um, to be able to see how they are improving over time, um, to be able to see for conditions such as chronic disease or conditions where self-care is a key component, really be able to see where the gaps are and how they're compared to other patients to help with self-care. The data can also be used by uh, doctors and hospital systems to see where improvements can be made in the quality of care. Um, you can also compare um, the data from the patient reported outcomes across hospitals, across patient groups. And that's where you see variation in the outcomes. So if you see some um, patient reported outcomes measure scores that are higher in some hospitals and lower in others, you can ask the question, what's the reason that hospital A is doing much better in terms of the results of care um, compared to hospital B? And understanding those differences in the way care is delivered in hospital A is the recipe for success and, and insights on best practices um, that can be learned by hospital B and many other hospitals. The, the last thing I might point out is that patient-reported outcome, outcomes, clinical trials have been mentioned, right, can inform evaluation of drugs, devices, clinical pathways, so treatment pathways, in a way that you're not just looking at the traditional um, um, clinical data points, but you're looking at the quality of life and function very much like Moore has mentioned. And you're able to really get information about the effectiveness and the safety and the tolerability of the, of the medicine, of the device much, with much more granularity than you would typically do with the traditional um, way that clinical trials are designed. And maybe more can talk more specifically about cataracts and ophthalmology space. Yes, thank you very much, Neo. I think that was a wonderful introduction. And the only things I can add is maybe a bit contextualize it for cataract surgery and also from my perspective as a clinician. So I think because we are so used to looking at clinical outcome measures, maybe it, I could give a few examples of how they correlate to patient-reported outcomes in the context of cataract. So we traditionally use in cataract prompts in order to analyze the change before and after surgery to determine some call, something called like the minimal clinically important difference before and after surgery. And in most cases, we see that patients that improve in their clinical reported outcome measures also report, improve in their patient reported outcome measures. But in about 10%, that's not the case. And many clinicians are confused by that, and that reduces how comfortable they are with PROMS. And I actually find that the most interesting part. Where does this discrepancy come from? So when we go to clinical outcome measures, we see that some patients are actually too healthy, so they will not benefit from cataract surgery. So even if their vision is, let's say, 0.7 or 0.8 or 0.6, it doesn't matter too much, which could be considered a threshold for cataract surgery, if they're fine with that vision for their function, for their needs, they're probably not going to be very happy after cataract surgery, even if their vision improves to 1.0, right? So that's an important element that we need to remember. On the other hand, there are patient groups that are probably 
too sick to benefit from the surgical procedure. So they might have a very low vision, but they should also they also have comorbidities like age-related macular degeneration, like glaucoma. And especially in the academic setting where I work, many of the patients, a growing percentage of the patients do have these comorbidities. So then you need to consider that's also a red flag. Is the patient really going to benefit from the procedure and really have the discussion with them? I think another area which is really interesting for me uh, from as a clinician perspective is that, for example, sometimes visual acuity is very good, but patients have other types of symptoms like glare. We know that after surgery, for example, in the long term, patients that, de that develop posterior capsular ossification, PCO, which is quite common, especially with certain types of lenses, their visual acuity can be very high, but they can be very dissatisfied. So I think the interest is really where the discrepancy is between the patient-reported outcomes and clinical-reported outcomes that can really guide the process of shared decision-making. Also, not only in the context of clinical trials, but on the individual patient level. And so how is this data moving the ophthalmic industry forward? So what we see in ophthalmology is the patients that are coming for us for cataract surgery, which is the focus of our talk today, they are the baby boomers, right? And also even the younger generations seeking refractive lens exchange. And their demands have inherently changed tremendously than the demands that the previous generation had with cataract, because they would present with a visually significant cataract. We would help them uh, 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 replace that cataract with a, a clear intraocular lens, get good vision, and mostly they were very happy. But now another thing comes to the foreground, and that's the demand to be spectacle independent and to be spectacle independent uh, for near, for far, for intermediate vision that is really required for today's lifestyle, for the functionality of our life, which is working with a computer, working with a smartphone and other devices to accomplish what are today the day-to-day -day activities that are important in today's modern society. So I think that new IOL technologies have been a uh, a major significant uh, source of innovation, but the science of how we test them, how we evaluate these devices, and uh, also in different segments of the population in relation to the patient needs and their function has not really kept up with how accelerated the pace of development of technology is. And I think there, there is a tremendous uh, role for patient-reported outcome measures, also to differentiate between different products for different segments of the population in terms of what they really deliver to patients. And the other side of the coin is I think that besides industry, regulators increasingly recognize the importance of patient-reported outcomes in all the stages of the life cycles of products of medical devices. So it's on the one hand, the technology driven by patient needs, the gap in how to evaluate these technologies. And on the other hand, really the regulatory agencies recognizing this and taking patient reported outcomes as part of the life cycle of the devices. I think you've covered it well. What I might just add is there is now movement and impetus from the regulatory space, right? And we see that with examples of the European Union joint um, joint clinical assessment. Um, uh, that is that is very much part of the health technology assessments, but building in patient voice and measurement of patient reported outcomes as a requirement. Um, for evaluating um, drugs um, coming into the market. Similar, similarly, in the US, an example is um, with 
um, the Center of Medicare and Medicaid Services Meaningful Measures Framework. So this is really, these are examples, and there are other examples in other countries where you see the embedding and inclusion and emphasis of patient-reported outcomes measurement as part of the valuation of, of healthcare products, devices, and delivery of care. Okay, and how can we encourage patients to participate? Are there any tools available to facilitate this? So um, there are several ways in which patients can participate. Um, and this goes from as directly as responding to patient report outcome measures, but really more broadly about being drivers and actors and advocates for health system transformation. So um, firstly is as a patient receiving care, um, asking and having engagement with your clinician about what are the goals of care, how are you assessing what the results are, and what are my options. There might be two treatment pathways that are similar in terms of survival and maybe some components of morbidity. But what about um, differences in terms of what I prefer, what my life looks like, what my work involves? Um, and what is the decision and the choice that I have as a patient in that decision of which treatment pathway? So it's that conversation, but facilitated very much by responding to the questionnaires, the patient report outcome measurement, um, that is part of shared decision-making and personalization of care. Um, the second is um, joining initiatives to develop metrics uh, um, that help evaluate what high quality care looks like. And those metrics and those initiatives can be local or global. Um, specific to iCharm, we develop, the way that we develop our global standard sets um, is we recruit international multidisciplinary working groups where we have, for a given disease, um, we have the specialists, the clinical specialists, we have um, the researchers, we have those who develop the PROMs, but we also importantly have patients and patient representatives as part of the working group. And the reason for that is it's important to provide lived experience um, perspective in the room of deciding what are the results um, that are important? What are the impacts of this condition on a day-to-day -day, um, experience of life as somebody who has this condition? Um, and so engagement in those conversations is really crucial to making sure that um, what is included in um, metrics um, is co-designed with patients. I think that was a wonderful summary. And I can only agree that I think the major, um, uh, on both ends, uh, digital transformation is the key. Because on the patient end, it gives us tremendous opportunities to collect uh, the data and to analyze it. And I think the key to patient engagement is to give them the information back, uh, because I think that's the courtesy that you have to give if patients take their time and effort in order to fill a questionnaire. They have to receive the feedback. And I think the ability to do that in a digital way, in a remote way, can uh, reduce the burden to the patient, can allow them to do that in their environment where they feel comfortable. And also using AI tools, for example, it's very easy to generate reports, even for tools that are statistically quite complicated on a patient level. So these reports can form the basis for a discussion at the clinic with the physician. Um, because otherwise, I think it's not fair to ask patients to fill in uh, uh, questionnaires about patient-reported outcomes if you're not going to do anything with the data. 
On the other end of the spectrum, that's the, the physicians, I think the, the digital transformation uh, has the potential to be a game changer by reducing the administrative burden. So all this process can be automated, especially when you're talking in the context of cataract surgery, you can schedule when a patient will receive a prom, they will receive it to their email, they will receive it to their as an SMS to their phone. And we just talk about the baby boomers and the newer generations undergoing cataract surgery. So they're very uh, savvy, they can use these tools and we see a very good response. And um, when this exists, we see the industry responding. So we see the different manufacturers really setting up such tools. So uh, um, we are today in a podcast by Reiner. I know that you uh, you have the RayPro system to, to collect this type of information, but other companies have similar uh, platforms to collect such information. I think it's important to work together on this and also improve the digital tools to and, and harmonize what we're measuring. I think that's very, very important. So Overall, I'd say it's how to encourage patients, how to encourage doctors, how to make all of this possible. I think the key is using uh, digital tools. And do you think that PROMs have the power to revolutionize ophthalmology? I have to say digitization was <laughs> was what, what I have in mind and particularly stands out. And I think more really um, eloquently put it in terms of the potential of digitization, um, both in making data that is from patient-reported outcome measures, but all patient-reported outcomes available, ready to process and analyze, and also ready to use by patients, by clinicians, by different stakeholders. Um, so absolutely, um, PROMs and patient-important outcomes in general can revolutionize the way the care is being delivered. Um, key to this happening is standardization, meaning that you're capturing the data in a way that's standardized and validated so that regardless of where the data are coming from, which country, which hospital, you can actually know you're going to be comparing apples to apples. Um, it's also transparency of the data and it touches on um, the data being available to patients because it is their data and it's good, it should be usable and, um, and applicable to them, but transparency also to stakeholders who are making decisions about what, what is treatment that's effective. Um, so that's policymakers, that's regulators, that is um, the life sciences industry as well when looking at different devices or di different drugs. Um, so those are really key to being able to ensure that patient reported outcomes measurement is revolutionary. Um, I would also want to touch on some of the things to think about to make sure that there aren't unintended um, consequences of, of this work and this movement, which is that with the great potential of digitization, there's also a, a potential and a concern for leaving out some patients or some patient segments. So part of this is making sure that the data that are collected are inclusive of all types of patients and that um, digital access, health literacy, socioeconomic and social determinants of health are not um, making some patients less visible, less heard um, in this process. 
I think that's very important, Neil. Um, I think sometimes we underestimate how many people, even uh, in uh, high-income countries, are digitally uh, illiterate. Uh, and when we speak about the importance of uh, digital uh, tools in order to collect some patient-reported outcomes, we need to make sure that we're not excluding them and other patient populations. But if I need to represent the um, uh, clinicians in my field, I think there's still a lot of resistance to using patient-reported outcome measures because people do not realize yet what is the potential to use patient-reported outcome measures in the room for shared decision-making on the individual patient level. I think it's already clear that you need to um, incorporate it in clinical studies, but really how we use it on an individual patient level, there's an enormous gap. That's a human factor that we have to address. And I think as I see it in the future, it will become a standard part of ophthalmic practice. Like we take an anamnesis, like we measure the, vis the vision of the patient, like we do a slit limb examination or an OCT, we also have to measure the patient reported outcome measures. And other specialties in the Netherlands, uh, they do not allow to schedule a consult with a doctor without the patient having filled a patient report outcome measure because it's a basic tool that the doctor needs to have in order to engage in a meaningful conversation with the patient. I think the other aspects that are will potentially revolutionize how we use these tools. So we, we know that we need to measure what matter to patients and what matter to patients uh, um, that have cataract is not the same that what matters to patients that undergo refractive lens exchange or to patients that uh, uh, seek uh, uh, a spectacle independence. And in that area, I think there's a gap that needs to be filled. Um, we see many questionnaires that are developing, but um, going back to my mentor in this field, Mats Lundström, um, it's not um, legitimate to ask a patient to fill questionnaire that takes more time to fill in than the surgery that they underwent, right? So we need to find instruments that really capture these dimensions that use advanced methodologies. And the last thing I think is sharing data is very important. So having platforms where we can share data, as I mentioned before, from different stakeholders um, to contextualize it, to collect big data, uh, on this field is also very important in order to bring us forward. And that's something that we're trying to do now uh, in these CRS registries. And we're also very thankful for uh, Neo and Aichon for uh, taking this journey together with us. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Peer to Peer, the podcast. RayPro is a first-in-class patient-reported outcome measurement tool designed specifically for ophthalmology. The platform delivers real-world insights on spectacle independence, dysphotopsia and outcome satisfaction using the clinically validated CAT-PROMS questionnaire. RayPro is compatible with all IOL makes and models and provides quantifiable, actionable and insightful patient-reported feedback over three years. For more information about RayPro, visit reina.com forward slash raypro or check out the episode show notes on the peer-to-peer -peer hub at reina.com forward slash peer-to-peer. If you haven't subscribed already, please take a minute and click subscribe before you head off. That way you'll know when the next episode arrives. This podcast is provided for general information purposes only. The presenter's views are their own. Rayner does not endorse off-label use. Users must refer to the product labelling and instructions for use for Rayner products in all cases. Not all Rayner products are available in all countries. The full disclaimer can be found in the show notes.